I used to believe that Spanish is the heavenly language until I met a missionary from Russia. And he said, no, 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 no. Spanish is not the heavenly language. Russian is the heavenly language. Oh, I said, why? Tell me why. And he said, because learning Russian, it will take the whole eternity. <laughs> so I agree. I agree with that. Spanish is a very easy language to learn. And this morning, Pastor Matt Card also invited me, and he asked me um, to pray in Spanish. So I will do that uh, in a few minutes. But before that, also I would like to give thanks to Pastor Card, especially that he's giving me the wonderful opportunity to preach God's Word from this pulpit. Thank you to the session, to the leadership of this congregation for allowing me to be here with you all this morning. If you have your Bibles, please open in James. And the title of the sermon I'm preaching is Sharing Christ's Love Through Difficult Times. And we know, all of us, that we are going through difficult times, right? Everybody knows that. So, if you have your Bibles, open in James chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. There is so much we can talk in these verses. But the basic idea is, number one, Trials are God's appointments. In other words, God wants to meet you. He wants to meet you in the difficult time that you are going through to give you joy, to give you supernatural joy to face that particular trial or difficult time that you are going through. And you know what? The purpose of that is that you grow so you can become like Christ. And number two, when we flesh out this joy that we're going to learn this morning, those around us, Christians, but especially non-Christians, neighbors, co-workers, family members that are not Christians yet, they will see Jesus and us when we flesh out joy. And that, you know what? That will provoke questions in them to ask, why? What do they have that I don't have it? So that's the basic idea. So the timing and the text for this message this weekend is one of those God's appointments because we are going through difficult times. So let me pray. I'm going to pray in Spanish first, and then I will finish in English. Let's pray together. Amado Padre, 
muchas gracias que en esta mañana me das el privilegio de compartir tu palabra, de predicarla. Por favor, permíteme ser un siervo fiel a tu palabra para predicarla con claridad a mis hermanos y hermanas. Te lo pido en el nombre de Jesucristo, nuestro Señor y Salvador. Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful privilege that you give me this morning to preach your word. So I pray, Father, that you will open our minds, that you will open our hearts, because we want to listen to you. We want to learn from you this morning. So I ask you once again to bring peace where there is need of peace. I ask you to bring joy where there is need of joy. Father, I pray that all of us, as we leave this place, as we leave this house, all of us can say together, we have heard the word of the Lord this morning. And I ask you all these in the powerful and precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. How do you respond when things are not doing well at work, with family, or people at the grocery store? Your initial reaction during these times reflects who you are, believe me or not. The true character of a person is seen when things are not doing well, and many of us know that. Late night phone calls, grouchy teachers, especially nowadays, some of the parents, they have to put their kid in front of the computer. Grumpy moms, burnt meals, flat tires, they aren't big enough to be crisis, but if you get enough of them, watch out. Traffic jams, ooh, we know that. Long lines, empty mailboxes, dirty clothes on the floor, and the list can go on and on and on. But what about when someone that you love just tested positive for the coronavirus? What about when someone that you care, a relative, and your fam a member, a family member, just pass away. How do we respond when pain and difficult times knock the door of our lives? Well, we're going to learn about trials, but in order to learn about trials, first of all, we have to learn what trials are not. Because many of us, we get confused many times. So let me first share with you what trials are not. Number one, trials are not a punishment. Many of us believe sometimes and think sometimes that we are going through a difficult time, and we say, why, God, you're punishing me, right? But trials are not a punishment. Jonah 1.3 said, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish and listen, away from the presence of the Lord. So what happened to Jonah? 
He was punished by God. You, we know where he ended, right? Inside of the belly, fish. So trials are not a punishment. Number two, trials are not a temptation. James 1.14 says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own by his own desire. So what trials are then? Trials are divine appointments to help us grow so we can become like the pastor, like the elders, like the person you admire the most. No. So we can become like Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we have to, to remember that God's goal for you life and for my life is that we all become like Jesus. That is God's goal for your life and my life. And God is going to use trials, difficult times, so we can grow, so we can become more like Christ. Now, in verses 1 and 2, we are going to see our attitude towards trials. Verses 3 and 4, we're going to see the purpose of trials. In verse 5, we're going to see God's help in the midst of trials. And finally, we are going to see that trials are one of God's ways to share His love. So, verse 1. If you have your Bibles there, verse 1 says, James, a servant of God... And of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. So, brothers and sisters, first of all, I want to make emphasis in the word servant here. Because James, he is the brother of Jesus, and he could introduce himself in a proudly way. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm the brother of Jesus. But he says here, James a servant of God. And the word servant in Greek means doulos, which doulos, when you translate it into English, means slave. In other words, Jesus, I mean James, he's introducing himself as a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's very humble. And that is one example that all of us, we need to follow. Number two, he says here, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, he put the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, in the same level. Nowadays, we listen to the Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, and others, false sects, that Jesus Christ is not God. But as you can tell here, is as you can read here, you see, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ are in the same level. Because Jesus Christ is God. And then he continues and says, To the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. This is the context. This is the group to whom James is writing to. In other words, these people were Jewish, but they have professed faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And because of that profession of faith, they were going through difficult times. They were being persecuted. Nowadays, when I think about my brothers and sisters in Mexico, 
in the south part of Mexico. They are being persecuted just because they profess faith in Jesus Christ. I had the privilege of years ago going to go to Pakistan. And a lot of people in Pakistan, when they profess faith in Christ, they are taking a huge step of faith because they are also being persecuted by the Muslims. And many of them, they die just because they have professed faith in Jesus Christ. Now, we are here. We love Jesus. We have professed faith. But we have to understand, brothers and sisters, that they are going through a difficult time. And nowadays, we are going through a difficult time. Now, verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I want to make emphasis here to the word joy. Because this is not an external emotion. Like when you receive a present, you are happy, right? But what about when you give a present to someone? It's an internal emotion that goes out. So what James is talking here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he's talking about an internal joy that comes from the inside out. And who can do that? Who can give you that? Only God can do that. A couple years ago, when my mom passed away in Ecuador, my dad said, you are the pastor, so you will lead the funeral. I was in Madrid. I received a phone call that my mom passed away. And he said, since you're the pastor, you will lead the funeral. I was crying on the plane for 10 hours. My mom was only 56 when she passed away with cancer. But as soon as I arrived, brothers and sisters, I can tell you that God gave me this supernatural joy. Because I had to lead my mom's funeral. And mother, there's only one in the world. But I can testify to you all this morning that this joy that we're learning is real because this supernatural joy was in my heart and my relatives that are not Christians, they approached me and they said, Juan Carlos, you're very strong. I said, no, 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 no. I'm not as strong. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So the joy we are learning today is real. And it's so powerful. And nowadays that we are living in these difficult times, you have to learn and you have to remember, brothers and sisters, that the world is not going to provide that kind of joy. That this world is not going to provide that kind of peace that God wants to give us. The church of Christ, in other words, you and me, as the body of Christ, are called to flesh out this joy to this world during these difficult times. And only God can give us this kind of joy. So, verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And I want to make emphasis here to the two words, many kinds, because in Greek, this means different colors. What James is trying to teach us here is that in life, we are going to have trials of different colors, of different kinds. Let me give you an example. A trial of the color green. One of your friends just tested positive for coronavirus. 
a trial of the color red. One of your neighbors or co-workers just is in the hospital. He or she had an accident. A, color, a trial of the color black. Someone that you love just passed away. So here in verse 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, of different colors. In other words, trials are going to come without a warning as well. Trials are not coming to your door, the door of your heart. Hello, can I come in? Trials come without a warning, without a warning. Luke 10.30 says, Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half death. My question to you is, do you think this man was expecting that the robbers will come? No. In the same way, trials come to knock the door of our hearts of our lives without a warning. And we have to be prepared. We must be prepared. Now, verse 3 and 4, the purpose of trials. I just shared a few minutes ago about my mom when she passed away. She had cancer for seven years. And it was very hard for me because I was in Madrid doing the mission work. My mom was in Ecuador. It was super hard. But God gave me the strength and the joy that as I share with you. Trials have a purpose. Because when we read these Bible verses, especially verse 3, it says, because you know. The word know means that God has a purpose. And I can tell you, brothers and sisters now, that God used my mom's cancer to soften my dad's heart. Because my dad... As a professor of philosophy, he's an atheist. And when I became a Christian many years ago, he don't wanted me to even pray in the house. But through the process of cancer that my mom went through, God used my mom's cancer for his glory to soften my dad's heart. And now he's a different person. After all these years and after what he has seen, He's not a believer yet, so pray for him. His name is William. But I'm praying for his salvation. But God used my mom's cancer to soften his heart. So there's a purpose why God allows trials in our lives. We have to remember also that we know that we are going through the difficult time. And we have to remember these four things. We have to remember that God is allowing these difficult times in our lives, number one, because we are, according, we are going through that difficult time according to God's plan. That's number one. Number two, we are under His care. He has promised to take care of us. Number three, we are in His school. You know, I love Charles Spurgeon. He said, there is no university for a Christian like that of sorrow and trial. And number four, for the amount of time that he decides. He's in control, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 19.21 says, 
Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Who's in control? God. And to be honest, brothers and sisters, that gave me such a peace. Even in the most difficult times, knowing that he's in control, that his will is perfect for my life, gives me such a peace. And I pray that that will be the same for you. That as you look to the heaven and look to God and say, God, thank you that you're in control because you want always the best for me, right? Even in the difficult times. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Even in the difficult times, we have to remember these. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and the future. Brothers and sisters, please, let's remember this. And then another Bible verse, uh, Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. And listen, this promise, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Again, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. So verse 3 says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I love another quote of Spurgeon. He said, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. <laughs> Now, this word perseverance means or give us the idea in Greek of a person who by receiving this supernatural joy that only can God can give us will remain in the middle of the trial because he or she knows that the result of the remaining, of, of the remaining in the trial will benefit him or her with personal growth and spiritual maturity. So in other words, we are called to stay in the middle of the trial. Not to, God, until how many more days I'm going to go through this difficult time? No, 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 no. We need to ask God, give us joy. Give us understanding. So instead of trying to run away, to flee from the trial, we have to remain there because it's like when you go to school. If you want to go pass from one grade to another, you have a test, Right? And you have to pass that test. If you don't pass, God is going to allow another trial in your life so you can learn what you don't want to learn through that difficult time. Not because he don't love you. Remember, he's not going to harm you. Because he wants you to grow, to become more like Christ. Now, verse 4 says, Let perseverance finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I want to make emphasis here to the word mature. Because remember what I told you at the beginning? What is God's goal for your life and for my life? That we can become more like Jesus Christ. So as we mature, as we grow in our faith, we are becoming more and more and more like Jesus Christ. Amen? And now, verse 5. God's help in the midst of trial. Verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously 
to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I want to make emphasis here to the word wisdom, because this word, you might know, means Sophia, philosophy, Sophia. This word wisdom that is used in this verse appears 220 times in the Bible. And if you love Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, I read one proverb every day. Since I was, many years ago, one of my professors said, if someone had told me to read one proverb every day, I will do that. So I, I said, I'm going to do that years ago. So I read one proverb every day. And the book of the Bible where this word appeared most often is the book of Proverbs. So if any of you lacks wisdom in the context of difficult times and the context of trials, what do we do? God, I don't know why this is happening to me, but if any of you lacks wisdom, what do we need to do? He said here, you should ask God. In the context of trials, we need to go to our knees and stop asking God, why this is happening to me? But we, instead, we should ask God, what purpose do you have through this difficult time that I'm going through? What do you want to show me, Heavenly Father, through this difficult time? And finally, trials are one of God's ways to share His love. You know, in the same book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, we see that deeds or good works are connected with faith, right? So they are connected. In other words, we can call ourselves Christians, but also God is asking us to also flesh out the gospel to others. Connect the good works with the faith, because then you will have a bigger impact in those around us. There's another beautiful book, First Peter, and this book, when you read, is the same context. The brothers and sisters to whom this book is written for, First Peter, they are going through difficult times as well, the same as James. So let me read First Peter 3, 13 and 15, and I finish with this. It says, 1 Peter 3, 13 through 15. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? For even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. And verse 15, listen. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a difference to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. How do we honor Christ? The question here is, but in your hearts honor Christ, the Lord. How do we honor Christ? With our conduct, how we act, how we behave. So when we flesh out this joy in our lives, what is going to happen? You will be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. So in other words, the, the brave one is not going to be you that will go to your neighbor's house and knock the door, can I tell you about Jesus? But the brave one is going to be your neighbor because he has seen this supernatural joy and peace in your life and he will come to you and say, 
I know you're going through difficult times, but I see that you're happy. I see that you have joy. I see that you have peace. Can you tell me why? Can you tell me? Can you explain it to me? Can I have what you have? So, brothers and sisters, we as a church, as Back Creek, as called to flesh out this joy, these days are difficult days. And only the church of Christ, you and me, are called to live out, to flesh out this joy, this peace, because you must remember the world will not provide this. Only God, through us, through his body, through the church, will provide the joy, the peace, the hope that this world needs, especially nowadays. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that in the midst of difficult times, you're there to give us joy. And I ask you this morning, Father, that you will pour out joy into our lives. Many of us are scared are afraid and we need you because we want to share to the world what true hope is what true joy is what true peace means I pray for Back Creek that you will use this wonderful church every family in this congregation so co-workers, neighbors, family members that don't know you yet that as every family lives out, as every family of this congregation flesh out this joy that we just learned this morning, they will see Jesus and us. So Father, help us. Give us wisdom from above. We need it to understand many of the difficult times that we are going through. Thank you, because your joy is real. Thank you that your peace is real. Thank you that the hope that you give to your people is real. So, Father, once again, use your church to share these wonderful fruits of the Holy Spirit to the world so they can see and they can know who Jesus really is. And we pray in his name. Amen.